Hello and welcome to another episode of Jonesing for Sports. As we get deeper into December, we are getting closer and closer to that magical time of year, bowl season. So stick around because we got bowl analysis and much more coming your way right now. Welcome to the Jonesing for Sports podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Bing, bong, bing, bong. <laughs> I think that's how that goes. I liked it. Have you seen that meme? There's like, bing, bong. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Joe Biden, what's up, baby? Take me out to dinner. Beans, Ross, Jesus Christ, and Byron. <laughs> Who? Byron. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that part. I'm so lost. <laughs> You haven't seen that one, Code? I don't think so. They, inter- they interview that who? same guy who says Byron instead of Joe Biden, and like it's like Byron. It's like he throws a V in there. <laughs> and then the guy's like, "What are you thankful for? Beans, rice, Jesus Christ, and Byron. <laughs> who? <laughs> Byron. <laughs> it's Brian. It's just these uh, like very New Yorker kind of people." on the streets and they, they like interview him and it's ridiculous the things they say but it's so funny <laughs> i'll have to look that up <laughs> yeah it's pretty classy it's just chaotic <laughs> it's utter chaos uh well how are you guys doing how you been good good Hi. how are you good i've got my uh well half gallon of chocolate milk so i'm ready to go yeah did i inspire you from last time always i that's my go-to if i stop in at a gas station my drink is chocolate milk yeah i'm feeling pretty jelly right now this water isn't hitting the same <laughs> uh uh oh, well. before we were podcasting we were looking at some pictures brandon was recently in a wedding <laughs> uh and cody and i we think brand looked like a total snack I thought, we thought he looked real good uh, Brand, scrumptious. You didn't, you didn't feel the same way, Brand. Well, just the photo that you sent made it look like I was a a tree trunk person. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, can you expand on that? The the thickness of my torso looked like I would I would have a hard time turning or twisting <laughs> or any type of bending and flexibility, which is not far from the truth. So, yeah. But you're sturdy. Yeah, like, imagine you uh, you build a pyramid, right? You build it fat at the bottom and skinny at the top. Turn that upside down, and that's what you got. Except me. <laughs> I feel like it's that's not the look good. You know, people want, Bren, that V shape. You, you got to have more balance than that. It, you know, just... Uh, a little bit of wind. I don't have enough leg to support the the giant base at the top. Well, you know, Gavin from Sasquatch Gang would say that that would make you an excellent waste mace wielder. <laughs> so there's always that. <laughs> yeah, you'd be an excellent mace wielder. <laughs> I mean, that, that does make me feel a little better, I'll be honest. But also, I don't know yeah, much about this Gavin. Depends on the time character. period. <laughs> Um, but Brandon, that wedding, you had the glorious job of pulling the runner, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, what? 
Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a runner that's been pulled that there hasn't been something go wrong with it. I'll just put that out there. We've all pulled a runner before for weddings, haven't we? Yeah. Even if more than once, it always sucks. <laughs> yeah, no matter. What, even if you pull it perfectly and it doesn't get snagged or it's straight, you're still just like bumping down the the aisle. Like it's so awkward. Yeah, I felt for Brandon that wedding that he was just in because it was outdoors and super windy, and like people sitting on the inside of the aisles were like trying to reach out and hold it from just like flying <laughs> away. It was it was rough. I did not yeah. envy his job there. Pulled it like a boss. Didn't get caught up on anything, but then the wind said, yeah, right. Blew that thing <laughs> like crazy. That's nice that the uh, audience was so helpful. That's rare. <laughs> yep, we needed it. Was it just you, or was, was there two two people pulling? Have you have you ever been part of a two-person runner team? The, both times. So Cody and I pulled it once, and then I pulled it with Jared, the other groomsman, this time. It's so awkward. There's no good way to pull a runner. At least if it was just one person, I feel like that would at least be easier. If it's two people, it is the most awkward thing you could possibly try to accomplish. <laughs> that must be pretty universal, because even in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they pull the runner <laughs> for the high priestess lady, and then it gets stuck, and she like can't walk because she only walks on her golden runner instead of on the snow. So even in the far reaches of the galaxy, they still struggle with runners and how dumb they are. Uh, well, that was a good call-up, Bran, because today, while we talk about the bowl games that all our Michigan teams are playing in, we're going to give a confidence level rating based off of some movie characters and how confident they were compared to how confident we are, so... I'm really excited to hear how confident or not confident you guys are with some of these bowl games. Yeah, let's yeah we got some good matchups to talk about. So uh, which of these do you want to get started on first? Well, let's. Uh, do we want to build up to the big ones, or do we want to... Uh, let's, let's start with the, the bowl we're sponsoring. All right, the Jonesing yeah. for Sports Bowl. <laughs> uh... Jonesing for Sports Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> how dope would that be? I don't know if we could say that. Yeah. We might get a, a trademark infringement. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but yeah, um, again, if you haven't entered yet, like, follow, and tag two people and get entered for a chance to win two tickets to the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, we're all going, and it's going to be a heck of a good time, Western versus Nevada. So let's uh, start with that game. And you can... And you can find that post either on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or Twitter. So, the uh, do you want to start with our our character comparison or confidence levels, or well, what are you feeling? Let's break down the game first. Um, I'll give a quick synopsis of the game. Uh, so, Western is playing against the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, Nevada has had kind of an up and down year, just like Western, really. Western seven and five. Nevada is eight and four. Um, Nevada has one of the best quarterbacks in the country, though. In uh, Strong is his name. Is it Caleb Carson? Carson, Carson. Strong. Um, and if he plays, uh, it's a whole nother story, I think, for Western Michigan. But Carson Strong is also struggling with a knee injury right now, and has said he doesn't know if he's going to play yet. 
So to me, if he plays the way Western has killed me on the uh, betting arena this year, uh, if he plays, I think this is Nevada's game. But if he doesn't, Western should run away with this, don't you think? Hmm. Well, it's let- it's hard to say because, I mean, <laughs> Western also just lost to Eastern like two weeks ago. And Western was coming in at eighth in the MAC, um, if I got that right. So they've just seemed like a very up and down team to me. It's hard for me to put any game uh, as just locked away as an absolute win for them. So it's it's tough for me to say. They they're a team that I wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole, as they say, with uh, when it comes to betting. Yeah, it's tough. Western has a really good offense. Um, you know the MAC mentality. It's like uh, the SEC's little, 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 little brother um, from another mother. All off, <laughs> all offense, no defense. Not like the SEC. I meant the Pac-12. All offense, no defense. Uh, and or Big Twelve. Western does not play defense. Uh, so if they can score enough points, and they can, they average a lot of points per game. Um, they they can hang with Nevada for sure, even if Carson Strong is playing, but. Uh, if he's not playing, I think I think this is Western's game. So, uh, Code, do you want do you want to start us off with our our confidence level? Yeah, sure. So I actually didn't know that uh, Strong was looking like he might not play. So that definitely changes things a bit. But I'm just gonna go off the assumption that he uh, that he is going to play. And so I was racking my brain to try and think of some character levels. For whatever reason, uh, an image came to my mind of uh, the original Pokemon series, episode three, where Ash faces, I think it's just like Trainer Joey or Bugcatcher Joey, and they both, like all they have is a Metapod. And so then they, they chuck them out, and it's just a Harden contest. And they both are just using Harden over and over again. And, like, Misty's there, and she's like, when is this going to end? You guys are both idiots. But both teams are, like, uh, Joey and Ash are both just, like, so confident, and their confidence never wavers, even though they are just, like, in a complete stalemate. So (laughs) it was kind of just, like, a humorous little dumb episode that came to mind. And it just kind of made me think, like, both these teams, um, maybe not super respected in their conferences, Um, you know, like I said, uh, Western finishing eighth in the MAC, and then we got um, shoot, it's based on the name. Oh well, their opponents they finished fifth in their conference. Oh, Nevada. Um, n- thank you, <laughs> Nevada. I was trying to think of it and lost it. Um, they finished fifth, and so I think both are capable of uh, of greatness. We know Ash went on to be a very uh, successful trainer. Uh, in the end of his career, but who knows what's going to really happen now. I think they're confident. I think they can get the job done. Um, but these two teams, I see almost as kind of mirrors of each other a little bit. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I got a really important question for you guys. Actually, I have two questions. Uh, first question, I guess I'll address to Cody. Um, what happened between the Metapod battle? <laughs> see, the thing is, I don't think they ever had a winner. I think like I think like Team Rocket showed up and that kind of put an end to it and they just had to escape. So you you heard it here first that this game is going into maybe 
quadruple overtime or more. So we're going to see that. Then two, a player is going to collapse conversion. on the field. <laughs> and then they're going to realize, you know what, this is bigger than football, and it's just going to end without a winner. That would be something. Um, yeah. Second question, Nevada or Nevada? Ada. I, I, I like Ada because it sounds fancy, but I definitely say Nevada. Yeah, me yeah. too. Same exact, I think Nevada sounds fancier than Nevada. Should, should we just start saying that? Probably. I mean, that's just like Probably a more Spanish if, pronunciation, isn't it? If they win, uh, we'll we'll call it Nevada, and if Western wins, they'll beat Nevada, so it'll sound better. <laughs> we beat Nevada. So it makes the win seem more respectable. <laughs> yeah, you need that momentum going into next year. We beat Nevada. <laughs> I like I like that. I uh, like that a lot. Okay. <laughs> um. So my confidence. Uh, I hate to be a downer. I'm anti Tim Lester. And, uh, the thing is, is he's probably perfect for Western because he, that's his destination. It's where he wants to be. He doesn't want a bigger job. He's like completely content in Kalamazoo and he'll probably get them to six and six or seven and five every year. But you know what? I want championships, and that's why I don't like him. So I tend to think in big games I pick against Western, and I kind of fade the Mac in general. I don't think the Mac is that good. Probably going to come up to bite me in the rear end uh, for all my bull picks because the Mac's probably just going to completely surprise me. Because Trav is right. They do have uh, good offenses. But my confidence, I'm going back to Jurassic Park. I'm going to go with the uh, Newman character. He's the, the kind of overweight guy with the glasses. You see him in a lot of memes where they're having like breakfast and he's like, you see this guy? Like, you know, nobody cares. Um, he is the one who in the rain, he's got the yellow poncho on or yellow rain jacket and he hides out from the T-Rex in the bathroom. He's sitting on the toilet and then the, the T-Rex just eats him. <laughs> that's, that's my confidence level for Western. And you know what? That could go either way because I think Trav uh, really nailed the entire prediction is predicated on, Carson Strong, if if he plays, I don't have a lot of hope for for Western because I their defense is bad. But if he doesn't play, they could they could definitely hang with with uh, Nevada. So uh, if Carson Strong plays, that's the T Rex in this situation. If he doesn't play, you know, I think he probably would have been safe in the bathroom from most other dinosaurs. So uh, in this scenario, Carson Strong is the T Rex, which let's be real is the real protagonist of Jurassic Park movie series. Don't tell me it's Chris Pratt. It's it's not uh, Dallas uh, Howard or whatever, Dallas Bryce Howard. No, it's not even Blue, the adorable, adorable Velociraptor. It's, it's the T-Rex. So this is Carson Strong's game, and we're just going to be watching it. <laughs> uh, Brian, you've inspired me. I'm actually going to go the exact same route with the same character. Uh, not what? same character. Not same character from the same movie. Same actor, but in a different movie. Oh no! Movie. You're gonna st- you're gonna steal mine from T-Rex? another one. <laughs> I was gonna go Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> Stan no Bullock is my other one. Of all movies, how is that possible? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's mine for the Central game. Wow. Uh, well, I, I'll go reasons. with my I'll go with my original. No, no, so go with it. <laughs> no, no, go with it. I want to see what direction you go. Well, the direction I'm thinking is he uh, Western's going to have the home field advantage. 
Um, and I do want to clarify one thing. Where we said they don't play defense, they actually averaged three sacks a game and had the defensive player of the year for the MAC in Fayad, Fayed, F-A-Y-A-D. Uh, Ali. Yeah, he, uh, he had a fantastic year. He had, like, almost 12 sacks. So that's pretty solid. If He'll be a big uh, factor in coming into that game. But I'm choosing him because in Space Jam, when uh, they're going through, like, what they have on the team, they're like, what we're fast. And, what, and uh, is it Daffy Duck goes, and large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and <a> dork. <laughs> he's just spews confidence uh and that's how i felt about western all year where i thought this western team was going to be really good i like their quarterback and their offense and in the mac they had a good year last year but they just kept falling short in games really close games that i thought they should win um and in this game i do think they're going to pull it out i would bet on western and he was a huge part of that uh tune squad pulling out the victory that's right and he was just spewed confidence, but he's not the most beautiful player on that team. And this Western team's not the most beautiful bowl team, but I do think they have what it takes to pull out the victory. I can't also believe that we were both going to use that one. <laughs> I'll just say this right now. I doubt we're going to you know, double up on the same actor for any of our other picks. So who would have thought that that was the guy that must have made such an impact in our lives that – he came up that much so that's impressive (laughs) that is bonkers (laughs) uh you said central brand let's jump into the central game um central michigan they've got the arizona bowl um which is going to be pretty fun because that bowl is sponsored by uh barstool and barstool you know they got a big following they're going to hype up that bowl game um barstool always does these like friday night fights which are stupid but the following is huge and they hype it up like it's a real fighting event and i feel like they're going to do the same thing for the central michigan game and it's two mediocre teams it's central michigan versus boise state central's eight and four boise seven and five but barstool is going to make this such a big event and it's going to be pretty cool um so to break it down real quick boise state seven and five in the mountain west finished five and three in the conference they had some big wins which is scary uh, they beat Fresno State and BYU, uh, both pretty good wins, but they lost to some real bad teams. Uh, they lost to UCF. <laughs> they lost to Nevada, which is interesting. Uh, and they lost to Air Force. So some bad games there. Um, they do have a quarterback who tosses the ball a lot. He had over 3,000 yards passing and 20 touchdowns and only eight interceptions this year. So that'll be interesting. That's honestly <laughs> pretty close to what Central's quarterback did this year. Um, a few less yards because Central had the leading rusher in the country this year, I believe. Um, yep. So Western's our Central's got a good offense. Um, but, yeah, that's the breakdown. What do, what do you guys think is going to happen in that one? Well, as I said before, I fade the Mac. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know – I'm just going to go right into my confidence to kind of illustrate how I'm feeling. And as I said earlier, my confidence level is Stan Podlak in Space Jam, uh, specifically when he was trying to find Michael Jordan. And he knew that he was sucked down the 
the golf hole, but he obviously couldn't fit because of his large size. So he starts digging. Like he doesn't understand it, but he's he's going for it. And when people question him about it, he just ha- drops the classic line, "I'm fixing a divot," which which he's the guy just divot. takes. <laughs> uh, probably one of the best lines uh, in the Jones family. We like we like that one a lot. And uh, so there's a lot of confidence there from Stan, but at the same time, he's got absolutely no idea. So. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at where I could definitely see central like Travis talked about Lou Nichols the third the nation's leading rusher if you can rush the ball you can hang with any team and uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me but I'm definitely siding with with Boise uh, those wins that you mentioned BYU is the rightful Pac-12 champion okay <laughs> BYU is awesome and uh, who else did you say they beat uh who was the uh, other team? They also beat Fresno State. Fresno State is another very strong team. So Central doesn't have anything even close to that. No MAC team has wins like that. And if if Boise has that type of competition on their schedule, they're going to be ready for just about anything Central can throw at them, even if they're throwing at throwing out the nation's leading rusher. So definitely expecting um, the type of performance that leads to them flattened. And uh, in Stan Podolak's case, having to be refilled with air and then flying around the stadium farting. So that's what, what I'm predicting. That's my confidence level to Stan Podolak in, in Space Jam. And, and there's definitely no Michael's secret stuff going on there. But like I said, Stan Podolak, he, he made it to Michael Jordan. So there's, there's a chance. I don't know how he made it, but he made it. Maybe uh, there's some, some magic brewing in Arizona. That, that's where I'm at. I think Brandon covered it pretty well, and I also wasn't prepared to give an analysis on this game because uh, I didn't know we were doing it. So I'll just jump right into my character comparison. I think Brandon's right to fade the Mac um, in such an instance. So my character is, I don't even know his name, but he is uh, the naked mech suit guy in J-Squad from Edge of Tomorrow. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> you remember the movie Edge of Tomorrow? Where is it Tom it's Cruise? Tom Cruise. Yeah. How could I not remember and, that movie uh, code? It is Emily <laughs> Blunt's shining moment. That's where I that's where I fell in love with Emily Blunt. <laughs> shining moment after shining moment. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's a uh, Groundhog Day. You know, the day keeps repeating over and over again until they can beat back this alien army. But they have essentially this Normandy battle against the aliens. And they think they're just going to smooth uh, sail through the whole thing, but they end up just getting absolutely crushed when they show up on the beach that day. Um, but this one dude on J-Squad, he like they all have mech suits because it's in the future. And for whatever reason, he doesn't wear like anything in his mech suit. And he's just kind of like this gross character, but he's super confident. And he's just like, he lands on the beach just shooting his machine guns into the air, like super happy to be there. And then not five seconds into into his arrival, a plane crashes on his face and he's like just gone. <laughs> and, and that kind of sets the tone for how the rest of uh, that battle is going to go. Um, essentially, I think that Central has a reason to be confident, you know, winning four straight uh, over their past four weeks, starting with a win over their rival Western. Um, you know, they're clicking at the right time. 
Uh, but like Brandon said, I do think strength of schedule much harder for this Boise State team, and I think that's going to show when they match up against each other uh, in a few weeks here. I like I like that code. Uh, that's a f- hilarious part of that movie too. <laughs> you don't you don't really expect it, you know. It's just like <laughs> everybody thinks that it's going to be all hunky dory, and then all of a sudden it's just like zero to a hundred <laughs> real quick, and everybody's dead. Um. I'm going down with a classic movie. Um, you guys remember Homeward Bound, right? Of course. Mm. Uh, my confidence level is... Uh, I, I love Shadow, man. One of the all-time... You know great. there's a Homeward Bound 2? You guys probably knew that. I, I never knew that. that one. Yeah. Yeah, probably not worth watching since I <laughs> heard what happened in it. Stupid Hollywood. I don't remember what happened in it, though. They killed Shadow! What?! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it made me so mad when I heard. I what apparently was, had and then I thought, well, what was the kid's name? Peter? Jamie. Yeah, it is Peter. Jamie? No, the, the, Jamie is the little yeah. kid, yeah. Because I can hear Shadow saying, I thought it was. My boy. Because like, oh, oh, the older Peter. one is Peter. Because oh, Shadow's Peter. owner is Peter. And then Chance's owner was Jamie. Oh, you're right. Yep, yep. Chance right. was Jamie. Peter, you're right. Peter. All right, well, oh, seeing how probably most people do not care about homework. Jamie! <laughs> well, my confidence level is Sassy, the cat. Um, oh. Throughout that mm. whole thing, uh, I like Brandon, who says he fades the Mac. Uh, I'm kind of along those lines, too. Sassy, throughout that movie, had no confidence. Yeah, fade um, Sassy. <laughs> yes, worst pet of all of them in the uh, whole show. Cat. Agreed. Uh, full of great characters like Shadow. I mean, I don't even love the type of dog that Chance is, but I still love Chance. Um, anyways, Sassy, no confidence at all through that movie. She's, we're going to die. We're not going to make it. And that's kind of me on the Mac. Now, she did make it back. She was, I think, the first one to emerge from the woods at the end of that movie. And Central Michigan. Yeah, she's not a team player. True, very true. <laughs> uh, but Central. She was hauling it. She would leave them all in the dust. <laughs> Central Michigan's kind of like that, though, in in the MAC, uh, where if there's a school in the MAC that tends to pull out some bowl wins, Central Michigan does on occasion. So true. I do think there's a chance Central pulls this out, but this uh, this team they're playing, they they beat some good teams, and they're in a better conference. Boise State's played some good teams. And so, that's uh, but I mean, Boise State's last loss of the game of the season was to our boy uh, Brady Hoke. So, I mean, he played the best coach in the country. It's it's tough. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my confidence level sassy. I'm not confident right now, but she could pull out the victory and run through those woods to be the first one to get back to her owner. Do we have? Do any of you guys have any characters that you picked that are confident? Yes. Okay, I was just curious. Mm, yeah. They're confident. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So far, we've yeah. only picked losers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go into the Michigan State pick game next. Um, Brandon, I think you're the one best suited to break this game down. Want to break it down for us? Uh. I mean, 
there's not there's not a lot I don't think to break down. Um, it's very similar to the Western Nevada matchup where if a quarterback plays for one team, it's going to make all the difference in the world. It seems like uh, Michigan State has everyone loaded up and ready to go. But for some reason, and I guess, you know, there's the NFL to consider, but I, I don't know. I just I was expecting that Kenny Pickett would play this game, and he still has yet to come out and say, yeah, I'm going to play. In fact, he kind of hinted that he was maybe not going to, and that is the that's all the difference in the world. Uh, Pitt is already hurting because their offensive coordinator resigned uh, uh, maybe a week or two ago, which was shocking because he was on the, the top three list of – uh, the Broyles Award for the top assistant coach. And he's already accepted a job at Nebraska, so I'm not sure what was going on there. But losing your offensive coordinator and play caller obviously has an effect. And then if you're missing your Heisman finalist quarterback, I just don't give any chance at all to to Pitt, which I would have said the opposite you know, before all this went down. So Because Pitt is prolific in their passing game, and if, if Kenny Pickett is playing – and they have somewhat competent play calling, they should torch Michigan State's pass defense. So, Counterpoint. Go ahead. Kenneth Walker hasn't declared that he's going to play yet either. And Mel Tucker has came out and said he's really not sure yet if he will be involved in that game or not. I get the feeling Kenneth Walker's going to play. And that's just a gut feeling. And I, I have a gut feeling that Kenny Pickett might not. Uh, I hope that he does. And that's not that I hope that Michigan State loses. I just want it to be a good game. Uh, I think right. that with Pickett, it could be a real classic. Uh, without, I, I think State might just blast you know their doors off. Um, I'm just going to go right into my confidence for this one because it, it's so flip-floppy. And I actually played this scene because I was trying to remember it before the pod, so you guys kind of know what I, where I'm going. In The Dark Knight Rises, there is a, kind of a shady businessman, and he finances Bane trying to basically use Bane to get more power in Gotham. Uh, his name is Daggett. And basically, he, he, when Bane is pretty much done with him, Daggett's all up in Bane's face telling him, like, all the things he wants him to do. And Bane's like, no, it's – I'm done. I don't need you anymore. And Daggett basically goes from the most arrogant, confident idiot – to just Bane literally just puts his hand on his shoulder and he just turns into this like whimpering baby. He and he says a line like, "I've given you a small fortune," and then Bane says, "And that gives you power over me." And he looks at him and just goes, "You're pure evil." Like, what have you been doing all movie, Daggett? And uh, Bane literally like breaks his face and he he dies real bad. <laughs> it is bad. So. My point is, Daggett is super, super confident and then instantly becomes not confident. And that's exactly what's going to happen if Pickett plays. If Pickett plays, I think this is a tough matchup for Michigan State. If not, then, man, I'm swaggy Pickett, that uh, Daggett, swaggy Daggett, because he <laughs> thinks that he is going to rule Gotham and that he's got his muscle, Bane, because you know Bane's just going to do whatever he says because he gave him money. Man, that guy just does not get it. But uh, either way, confident or not, we're going to see. I can't really pick it until I know what Pickett's going to do. <laughs> well, a question for you guys. Um, 
do Sparty's like Sparty fans want Pickett to play for the same reasons, or do they want him not to play for the dub? What's more important? Uh, I have no I idea. I think people want him to play. I can't get inside of Sparty's mind. The past week has been crazy. If you've been anywhere near Twitter, um, okay, first of all, Aiden Hutchinson just finished second in the Heisman voting. Do you know who Sparty's were blaming for Kenneth Walker not making the Heisman? Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> like, if you're going to get mad at someone replacing Walker, which, you know what, they've got a legitimate gripe. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, Walker actually won the uh, the Outland, or no, what was it? The Shoot. It was one of the Player of the Year trophies, and I've, I saw a post that, it was like the last 10 players to win that award all went to the Heisman ceremony. And Walker's <laughs> the first one in over a decade. So it's like, yeah, I see the gripe. But don't say it's the guy who was a runner-up that took his spot. <laughs> C.J. Stroud and Kenny Pickett finished behind him in the voting. So anyways, I think Michigan actually performing. Uh, Michigan winning has broken Sparty and Buckeye's brains lately. So I have no idea where their heads are at. If they want Pickett to play or not, uh, somehow, whatever happens, it's going to be Michigan's fault, and Michigan <laughs> should suffer for it. That's all I know. And I love it. I've been reading. Like, uh, we've been there. We know Michigan fans can be the same way sometimes. Uh, but being a Michigan fan where we're at now, I'm here for it. Like, spew, spew everything you want to Ohio State fans, Michigan State fans, because you know what? Next year, we might be the ones spewing uh and it's just a circular thing it depends on who's on top uh but it is entertaining my word um since you brought up the heisman i don't want to derail this portion too much but did you guys see desmond howard just destroy ohio state in the heisman ceremony yeah they had a Heard lot of a lot it. of people were real upset and then he just keeps taking body after body on twitter after it it's bonkers yeah, how no prisoners <laughs> It's amazing, uh, but Zach Smith. <laughs> I don't mind. Go Zach ahead. Smith, the the worst coach ever, a wife abuser from Ohio State, uh, not with Ohio State anymore. He came after Desmond Howard and was just trashing him on Twitter. And Desmond Howard's response was, "I see those court ordered anger management courses aren't helping at all." <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. He puts out sarcastic apologies. Uh, all, all the same time while building Stroud up, like giving Stroud props, like, hey, this dude's really good and he has a really good sense of humor. Like, props to him. You guys are all fools. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stroud also made some comment when they were asking for his Heisman moment, and he was saying his Heisman moment would have been when he had a rushing touchdown that was called back against Michigan with a holding call. And he said if that wouldn't have been called back, he thinks they would have come back and won that game against Michigan. And that was his response for what his Heisman <laughs> moment was. A play that didn't happen, and they also scored a touchdown 30 seconds later in that same drive. Um, also, so you're trying to tell me that <laughs> saving that 30 seconds would help them recover an onside and make up a 15-point deficit? Also, he would have so never got I, that I don't mind him if there wasn't such egregious holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even a bad call. Like, you could clearly see it in the tape. Oh, man. Yeah, that dude said a lot of foolish stuff this week. 
uh, talking about the flu and how that it, it affected them. Like, man, CJ, you had a good year, bro. Uh, maybe be careful. <laughs> kind of like the Gaddis was piping off after the game. Like, everyone's just giving people fuel right now for this run. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Like, Desmond Howard said it well. The play is going to play itself, whether you have billboard material or not. Uh, you got to still win the game. Both teams are good. It's going to be good games. Just let it spew out. I'm here for all of this drama. It's been fantastic. I kind of understand a little bit people coming after Desmond for just saying, like, you know, quit going after a kid on live TV. Um, but for Ohio State fans to be claiming the moral high ground is just hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's a beauty to behold. I can't look at it for too much because it just for too long because it just boggles my mind that those are real people out there that actually hold those opinions and they're not like cartoon caricatures but like actual idiots. Uh, well, code. So yeah, it's been a crazy <laughs> few weeks for sure. Bring us back to Sparty. Uh, your confidence level for this game against Pitt. Uh, so this is gonna sound bad, but the one that came to my mind was Carl Weezer uh, from Jimmy Neutron. And we're going to talk about the duality of Carl Weezer because most of the time he's hanging around Jimmy and unlike Sheen, who just is never aware of his stupidity, Carl kind of feels a little bit inadequate when he's with Jimmy. He kind of um, is aware of his own lack of understanding and just kind of being silly and dumb. Uh, And so for the most part, he's not a very confident person. Um, And that's who I see Sparty uh, being when they don't have Kenneth Walker. But if they do have Kenneth Walker, um, or on the con- contrary, like Brandon said, if uh, if Pitt doesn't have uh, Pickett, then we see the other side of Carl Weezer. Uh, the Carl Weezer that is in the presence of Judy. Judy is Jimmy's mom, and Carl has a mega crush on Judy. And when he is around Judy, he's a different person, you know, he's like much more happy and smiley and he wants to impress her and he's full of confidence, even if he shouldn't be. Uh, So that's the Carl Weezer that, you know, I hope we see when they face up against Pitt. Um, But that's very much going to depend on if we have a healthy Kenneth Walker um, and if Pickett is going to be in that game or not. So we could see, uh, you know, kind of Weasley crumbling Carl with no confidence or we could see Carl, who's really showing up to try and impress and uh, shoot his shot. So I hope we see the the latter, but time will tell. I like that a lot, Code. Uh, I really loved how you said we're going to dig into the duality of Carl Weezer. <laughs> like this was a <laughs> psychology course. It wasn't. It wasn't actually that deep. Although I'm sure, I'm sure there is stuff out there. Uh, some real deep character analysis because that's a that's a great show a great throwback <laughs> great throwback i just watched the movie a few weeks ago again uh yeah. i'm a 30 year old and i'm just by myself watching jimmy neutron at late at night fantastic movie. i was wondering how i was gonna throw nani, nani, nani in there but like <laughs> it wasn't really clicking uh so I just figured I'd stick with that. You but can throw that tons of great Carl moments. You can throw that ninety 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 in there right now for Brandon because it looks like he might need it. <laughs> Brandon, you doing okay? We lost you for a Needs, minute. Need somebody to rub your belly. By the way, I I still do that for Brienne. <laughs> no. <laughs> she likes the nani nannies. At first, did you she get her a warm it. glass of milk. No, 
But I'll rub her back and say, nani, nani, nani. And she, first when I started doing that years ago, she hated it. And now. I've seen you do it. And she was like, she would like slap you. <laughs> and now. Because it was so dumb. She'll be like, give me the nannies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You need the nannies. Yeah, you better hope. Say, mm-hmm. you... <laughs> yeah, you better hope she never listens to oh. this one. But yeah, uh, I had to run there because i i got a bloody nose all of a sudden i think i need to start running a humidifier or something i hate that um winter man the not one time in a conversation hannah asked me did you ever have like did your mom sing you any lullabies and then it morphed into if if we ever have kids would you sing them a lullaby what would it be and my first answer (laughs) was Nani, 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 <laughs> and she hated it so much. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> that's a that's a better lullaby than I sing Eden. Oh, her favorite have... songs what? are the Misty Mountain song, which is the <laughs> oh, that's a good song. one. And she also enjoys um, Into the West. Wow, that's a that's a really good one too. And then she also enjoys. I don't know the title of this song, but it's the song that Pippin sings to the steward of Gondor as he chews his tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Those are her go-tos. What a lucky daughter you have. Those are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I'll, I'll get into my confidence level comparison. So I'm going to give you a quote from this character, and you guys have to say his name to end this quote, because I'm sure you'll know it, but if you're not, if not... That's okay. Who am I? Who am I? I am the guardian of the lost souls. I am powerful, the pleasurable, the indestructible. Mushu. Mushu. (laughs) Mushu is my comparison for MSU. Uh, And I feel like that quote really embodies MSU this year as well. Um, Where he's like, how dare you not know who I am? Who am I? Uh, Michigan State. Does he call himself the pleasurable? Yes, he calls himself the pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they kept him out of the live action. <laughs> he got canceled. He can't, that's too realistic. <laughs> yeah, he can't say that. Uh, Mushu is a dragon who he's always wanting to find his place amongst the greats. And ultimately he does. But... Michigan State, that's them as well a little bit. You joked about the little brother mentality last podcast, Bran. I know Spartan fans don't want to hear that, but there's there's nuggets of truth to it in a mentality of a program and their fandom and wanting to be known as, as great as the best. And Michigan State has done that over the last 10, 10 years. They've been really solid. And this year, they started really strong, and they faltered along at the end. Um, but... They've got a chance here against a really good team in a really prestigious bowl game to go out on top and join join the elites with the other uh, ancestors. Um, also, how is a dragon an ancestor? Like, uh, there's some confusing things in Mushu in uh, Mulan, but if you can answer that for me, you're being insensitive, Trev. No, it's questioning. Insensitive to Chinese culture. I'm asking to be more enlightened. I want to understand. Also, I mean, I don't really fully understand it either. I think that might be some sort of reincarnation type ideology in there. Speaking of that, in Mulan, that's actually a really sad 
uh, sub story at the beginning of the movie with the the little dog. She goes, little brother, and calls it little brother. I'm pretty sure that means her brother passed away, and they believe it's reincarnated in their dog. I have never thought of that. It's a sucky brother, huh? (laughs) I mean, a dog, I guess, would be pretty good. Don't they refer to Mushu as, like, the guardian protector? Yeah, that's true. Maybe he's not an ancestor, then. Maybe he's a protector of the family. You could be right. Anyways... That's my confidence level. Could be both. Mushu's a very confident character, but deep down there's some insecurities, I think, in him, knowing he has to prove himself. Uh, this game could be a good proving ground for Michigan State, and I think they will. I honestly think they're going to play really well in this game. Mel Tucker has proven to be a good preparer, and they've got a lot of time to prepare for this game. And I don't know if I believe in Pitt as much as everyone else. I mean, Pitt lost no, to Western Michigan. Can you be a good team and lose to Western Michigan? <laughs> uh, You're definitely a flawed team. Yes, and I think Pitt has a lot of flaws. Uh, but Michigan State proved that they had a few as well down the stretch. So they've got a right. chance to really prove themselves just like Mushu, and that's my confidence level. It's going to be really interesting to see how their ability to stop the, the pass uh will show itself through these weeks of preparation that they have here Um, because they've shown as of late, I mean, not as of late, this entire season, how really abysmal their defense is, uh, particularly at stopping somebody uh, with as much talent as Pickett has. So if Pickett does play, I could see that game potentially getting out of hand. Um, But yeah, this is going to be really telling of Mel Tucker, what we can expect from him going forward. Uh, calling back to just the absolute firestorm that has been uh, Twitter and other social media between the teams these past few weeks. Um, Something I thought was interesting is that Mel Tucker is getting so much praise, and I think he should because he's had, you know, such a fantastic season. But there was actually another coach who went uh, 10-2 in the regular season in his second season with the university, beat his in-state rival, and that was Jim Harbaugh. Um, I so Jim actually lost his bowl game. No, uh, Jim lost his bowl game. Went ten and three. So if Mel can get the win here, he can avoid that comparison um, and maybe avoid some of the shade that's going to be thrown his way if he can't get it done against Pitt. But I don't think it's going to be easy because where Pitt shines is where Michigan State really struggles. So it's going to be a huge tell of how well he can really prepare his t- team against uh, solid competition. Like I've said. Uh, way early before, you know, they have done really well this year. Uh, but the Big Ten at times was not all that it has cracked up to be. You know, you have some really strong spots at the very top and some other schools that were not quite as strong as they are usually in other uh, past years. So if he's able to get this win in this bowl game, I think that should be, you know, at least a good sign that he's worth the money that Michigan State is putting forth to pay for him for the coming years. Uh, but it should be interesting, to say the least. Do you guys want to do key players? Yeah. Who's your key players? I'll make mine, make mine quick. My two key players are the two players we're not sure are going to play. <laughs> Kenneth Walker yeah. and Kenny Pickett. Because if there's no Walker, there's not much going for Michigan State. Uh, one of the biggest arguments that Sparties have put out for Walker's Heisman candidacy was how many games would Michigan State have won without him 
And I think that's probably their strongest argument because take Kenneth Walker away. I think this is a seven and five Michigan State team. Maybe worse. Uh, it, I mean, just go back to the way he carried them against Michigan. Uh, without Kenneth Walker, this team is more like the team that got blown out against Ohio State. Uh, because exactly. Ohio State was able to take him out of the game by getting an early lead, and we saw what happened. So that's not to say – I mean, they've got nice players. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jaden Reed, and I, I also think that Peyton Thorne is a good Big Ten quarterback. And uh, I don't believe that uh, the other receiver uh, – what's his face? Uh, Naylor. Naylor. Jalen Naylor. Uh, I don't believe he'll be healthy for this game, but he's also fantastic. But uh, without Kenneth Walker, I don't think they have a chance. And Pitt, without Pickett, doesn't have a chance. So those are my two key players. I'm sure there's probably better players to pick based on the guys who will actually be there, but those are my two key players because they the whole thing hinges on them. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brandon, but I'm gonna my key player, I'm going to go with Peyton Thorne um, because – Look if look what Michigan State does without Kenneth Walker, and it can be rough. But if Peyton Thorne, if they can draw up a plan to utilize him as a good quarterback and uh, spread that ball out to their good receivers, I think Thorne could be up for a really big game in the Peach Bowl. So he's my player of the game. Pitt, uh, it's picket or bust, I think. I'm just going to assume that Pickett and Kenneth Walker are playing just for the sake of the analysis. Uh, I think the key lies entirely in Michigan State's pass rush. Um, if Panasuk and Petrowski, their uh, leading pass rushers, can get some pressure on Pickett, that's going to make all the difference in the game. Like Brandon said, when the quarterback has time and can tear them apart through the air, that takes Michigan State's run game completely uh, out of the equation. And they can't allow that to happen. They can't allow themselves to get down early, or else I think it's game over. So you have to get pressure on Pickett. You have to keep him from tearing you apart early on. you got to get him pressured. Um, and so that's where I think the key is going to lie. And then, as you guys said, I don't think you can pick anybody other than Pickett uh, for Pitt. So that's it's really all going to come down to him, I believe. One, one thing just to mention is if Pickett doesn't play, Pitt still does have the Blitnikoff Award winner in Jordan Addison. And so whoever does replace him will have a really nice target. Uh, I think of what David Bell did to Michigan State in that Purdue game. Uh, David Bell is really good, but apparently Jordan Addison is the nation's best wide receiver this year. So if if he can have a David Bell-like performance, even with the backup, he might be able to keep Pitt in the game. So just uh, one more guy to look out for, uh, All-American. Yeah, that's a really good winner. point. So. All right, ready to move on to our final game? Let's do it. Who's got the analysis for us? Or do you just want to just jump right into uh, characters? Well, we've been talking about it enough. The uh, the analysis is it's two really good teams playing against each other. Uh, Georgia, Michigan. Georgia had uh, one of their best seasons up until the last game where it showed some weaknesses that Brandon would tell you he knew were there, and Alabama showed them. Um, and Michigan was a team no one believed in, and they kept fighting and ended up 
finishing the season as good as anyone could have possibly hoped. And now we're battling two teams, Georgia proving that they're as good as they were all season, and Michigan proving the same thing, proving trying to prove that this end of the season was no fluke and that they really are one of the best teams in the country. Um, there's a lot to be there's a lot on the line for these teams. Georgia has always been the underdog in the SEC, always playing second, third fiddle to Alabama, LSU. Um, they're always up there. Georgia's a fantastic program, one of the best in the country, but you know, they're, they, they're still Alabama in the same country, uh, conference. And Michigan, you, we all know how they've been lately. So this game has so much riding on it. There's a reason everyone voted this as the number one bowl game in the country is with so much riding on it. So, boy, the breakdown is fairly simple. Brandon, uh, you've said it a few podcasts ago. These teams are pretty similar. Uh, so you want to talk about that a little bit, Brandon? So, yeah, I'm just going to maybe start with my confidence and then maybe explain why I feel that way. And I'm actually going to break the rules a little bit. Uh, I'm going to break the fourth wall. I'm not going to go with the character. I'm going to go with the audience. And the audience member is myself. And I'm in the theater for The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. I don't know what to expect, but up to that point, I have been so happy. <laughs> Man, you go back to the Fellowship of the Ring. I had no idea what Lord of the Rings was. I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And then the Two Towers comes out. And I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. Oh, there's a whole other like, group of people they're going to team up with. Holy cow, they just killed like 10,000 orcs. That was amazing. They'll never top the battle of Helm's Deep. Like I was losing my mind. And so... In the theater, about to watch Return of the King, it has been so good up to this point that I kind of have my doubts that that it can uh, that it can finish the series as well as it has led up to. But I almost know either way, I'm still gonna just be content because it has been so just mind blowing up to this point. Uh, so obviously hindsight return of the king was more than we could have asked for it was such a a great crowning achievement it won so many awards and it it capped off the trilogy beautifully i don't know that michigan's going to have a return of the king it might be more of a, a return of the jedi which is still good but not regarded as the best star wars my point is either way i'm i'm good because winning the big 10 beating ohio state I mean, these are things I didn't know I was if I was ever going to see. And if they lose to Georgia, that is – they're not losing to a team they're worse than. Uh, I've, I've said it multiple times, Georgia is Michigan but with five stars. They, they, run, they do the same stuff. They have a killer defense. They are ball control. They run, run, run. They let their, their quarterback basically just manage the game. They don't take risks. They have good special teams. Georgia is Harbaugh's dream if he was better at recruiting. So this is a game that they should be well acquainted with. I've used this example a few times. It's kind of like in a video game when you have to battle the shadow version of yourself, except the shadow version has higher health and better attack. Like, you have to know yourself because he knows you and he's evil. So watch out. You can, I mean, you play the games, you end up winning eventually. But it's tough. So Michigan, it, this is a really tough matchup. 
Uh, I go back and forth. If you watch what Alabama did to them, the reason Alabama was able to shred them is because they had the Heisman Award winner who threw for – I don't even know have his total stats, but before halftime he had almost 300 yards. And uh, I'm just going to go straight into it. The key for Michigan is going to be Cade McNamara. He has to be able to be more than a game manager. You go into the Iowa game, Michigan throttled Iowa 42-3, to and Cade still had less than 200 yards. They have to be able to move the ball through the air. And the thing is, is they've actually schemed up a lot of really nice plays for him, and there's just been times where he just flat-out misses guys down the field. You'll have guys running open, and they either have to wait for the ball or it's thrown out of bounds. He has to be as – he has to play as good as of a game as he's ever played if they're going to beat Georgia. Uh, he, I mean, they're going to run the ball. It's Michigan's prerogative. But Georgia's defensive line is going to be the best defensive line that they have faced all year by far. They faced good defensive lines. Iowa was a very good defensive line. Wisconsin was a very good defensive line. Georgia has an excellent defensive line, but they also have excellent linebackers. N'Kobe Dean, I've I've seen his comparison as being like Devin Bush, which will resonate with Michigan fans because Devin Bush was a heat-seeking missile. So anything that gets through the, the defensive line is quickly erased by his speed. So I don't have incredible hopes that Hassan Haskins is going to do what he did against Ohio State. But what can you do when a defensive line and linebackers are aggressive and you have this is what Georgia does, just like what Michigan loves to do, Man coverage, press man. You can beat that over the top. You can beat that with those crossing routes that Ohio State likes to run on us. So Michigan has to be able to throw the ball. It goes brings me back to the Michigan State game. Against Michigan State, Michigan had so many opportunities to win that game, and Cade missed a lot of passes. And even looking at his final stats, he had a good game, but he just missed those those handful of passes that would have went for touchdowns or long gains or first downs those are the the plays that flip a result so that's the key player for michigan uh for georgia i think the key player is probably the other quarterback stetson bennett because he's got to play mistake free too he had i think two turnovers against alabama and michigan is obviously going to bring a lot of pressure with aiden hutchinson and david ojabo so these two quarterbacks are going to be huge and really the key is probably going to be the coaching staff are they going to be able to scheme up tricky situations? I hope that they've got more in the basket because they they really left it all out there against Iowa and Ohio State. Excellent play calls. If they've got some more of that left, I like our chances. Uh, I've seen the line as far as like plus nine for Michigan, which I, I do like that. Uh, but at the same time, man, Georgia's, Georgia is the most talented by composite ratings the most talented team in the nation so it's a tough matchup when i i looked at all available matchups i really wish we could have got cincinnati because that's actually the one team you can probably run the ball on uh you're not running very well on alabama or georgia cincinnati's got a great defense but your best chance of running the ball would would have been on them but either way you got to play good teams in the playoff if you want to win so my confidence is i i I don't have a strong feeling either way, but I'm just I'm content with the, the result. Uh, maybe an example would have been Michigan basketball last year. 
my benchmark for them, for the team that they had, I wanted to see them in the final four. And if they would have lost to Baylor or Gonzaga in that final four championship, I would have had no complaints because those are better teams. Last year's Michigan wasn't better than Baylor. They weren't better than Gonzaga. But they were good enough to make the final four. And that this Michigan team, I think they've reached where they're good enough. And from any anywhere from here on out, it's just gravy in my book. Retweet. Yep. Uh, I think we're good. We Thanks, can just close it off now, Code. <laughs> My word. <Yeah. laughs> I, I'd like to say I'm just going to stop it there for the sake of time. Uh, but the reality is Brandon said everything I wanted to say, except 10 times more eloquently and more thought out. Uh, that was a real good analysis, Brand. Um, so I'll just, I'll just say for my character comp- confidence level um, that I was going to go with Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back. Luke versus Darth Vader finds out, oh, Darth Vader's my dad. Um, not that he's going to beat him like his son, but he is the more experienced, older, stronger version of himself. I almost went with the Spider-Man pointing at himself meme. But uh, you said it, Bran. It's like fighting the shadow version of yourself that is you, but stronger. Uh, so Michigan definitely has their work cut out for them. Uh, there is a potential that, you know, we see Darth Vader in Episode Four fighting old Obi-Wan, and you think, oh, this is supposed to be the most feared guy in the galaxy, and that lightsaber fight is actually kind of dookie <laughs> and really lame. Uh, I would love it if that's what we saw, and it actually turned out that the potential flaws that we saw exposed by Alabama were legitimate. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. Uh, But it could also be that we end up seeing the Luke from The Mandalorian that isn't just this kind of Weasley, cowardly fighter in the early movies and is actually able to kick some butt. Do I think that's going to happen? No, not necessarily. But like Brandon said, whatever happens, um, I'm just pumped that we made it this far. Should be really, really enjoyable and entertaining. Um, I don't think we match up well against Georgia at all, but it at least should be fun and exciting. But same thing with what he said for the key players, too. It all comes down to Cade. It all comes down to his ability to be more than a game manager. Um, 150 yards or less, I think it probably was, uh, is not going to fly against Georgia because Georgia just eats up running backs for breakfast. Uh, We're going to have to see the epitome of speed and space if we're going to have a chance at getting past these linebackers because um, this is the best front seven in the nation. So worried about the matchup for sure. Not confident, but still excited. Yeah, I'm just going to go into my comparison too, because, Bran, that was elegantly worded. Well done. Um, mine, I feel I'm pulled between two characters, and it's uh, both Moneyball characters, Billy Bean mm. and Peter Brand. Uh, so in Moneyball, when... the the athletics is Peter his assistant. Yeah, so that's Jonah Hill's character, right? Okay. So when the athletics win that huge winning streak and break the MLB record for most games won uh, in a row, the it's this huge event, and the Oakland Athletics are super pumped about it. And Billy Bean, uh, Jonah Hill goes up to him and is like, "Dude, we just broke a record. We are doing fantastic right now." And Billy Bean's just like we haven't won the pennant yet we haven't made it to the world series yet and part of me is kind of like that where we're in the playoffs now this is the our goal should be winning the national championship beating georgia and i feel like when we get to that point when this game actually happens that 
that part of me that is Brandon as well and Jonah Hill where he's like, dude, we just broke an MLB record that's 100 years old. Uh, that's how I feel right now because we beat Ohio State. We won the Big Ten Championship, things I never thought would happen, and I'm ecstatic. But when the time comes, when we get to that game against Georgia, I feel like there's a switch that's going to turn in me just naturally, and I'm just going to be full Billy Bean and all in of sad when it doesn't go well or ecstatic when it does. Um, and just like Moneyball, the Oakland Athletics did not <laughs> did not win through that whole movie. They make it to the playoffs and end up losing. Uh, as you guys said, horrible movie. The ending's crap. Um, and would you would you say <laughs> that if, if this Michigan <laughs> season was a movie... I didn't say that. <laughs> if, if this Michigan season was a movie, would you want it to end after the Ohio State game, after the Iowa game? or after a national championship. And I think you're right, Bran. Like, we've had enough stuff this year for a climactic movie ending. And so it does feel like a cherry on top of everything else. Um, but I still want the cherry on top. <laughs> I want Georgia. I want probably Alabama next. Um, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. And that's why I feel pulled between uh, Billy Bean and Jonah Hill's character. Here's, here's what I'll say about that. First of all, Moneyball great movie second of all <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so don't slander the ending trav uh you were the one that slandered all, it when i told you i was what? watching it yeah you said crap that, ending that must have been cody that was not me <laughs> i'll never no. i'll never slander it's a ball. bummer for sure but it's a very good movie uh second of all do you know when moneyball came out uh i do because i have it in front of me 2011 Oddly enough, that is the same year that was the last time before this year that Michigan beat Ohio State. Um, and if you go back oh, to that year and go forward, how many World Series have the Oakland Athletics won? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> my point. My point here is, it, uh. you, you gotta. You just gotta enjoy those those victories that maybe aren't the ultimate victory. Uh, because if not, you're going to be waiting a long time. So I agree. I'm 100%. I understand what you're saying because in the game, I'm going to just every fiber of my being, if I could like give a body part to help them win, I probably would. But in the end, I also have to realize that if they lose this game, especially if it's a close game, I I really would be upset if they got blown out. But if it's a close, uh, high, you know, hard-fought game that they end up losing in the end to a a superior team i think that's where you tip your cap to the yankees and say well you know what we've got a measly 40 42 million dollar payroll and the yankees have got 142 million dollar payroll georgia finishes in top three more, more like top two of recruiting every single year they're bringing in the best players in the nation uh so sometimes you just have to relish the smaller victories like breaking 100-year-old records, um, or in our case, 10-year records of losing to Ohio State. And uh, if you win the the World Series, that would just be, in my opinion, the cherry on top, like you said. So for your own health, try to to (laughs) just uh, be happy with this. uh, Because honestly, like I said, man, I didn't think I was going to see this. I really didn't. Yeah, that that whole Iowa comparison brand has aged like fine wine. 
It's it's the I'm way to live, man. Yeah. The key to happiness is low expectations. That is an Uncle Dave saying. I've adopted it as my own when I go to watch movies. I go in with low expectations, so I will like it even more. Uh, and you're right, Bran. Low expectations, high um, standards. Standards, and life life looks peachy. Well, it's funny because I still had low expectations and high standards, and I was still pissed most of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some some part of that equation that isn't quite clicked for me at points. <laughs> You'll get there. Uh, yeah, I'll work on it. Got to do my meditations. <laughs> Well, meditate and take us on home, Code. Well, we still got plenty more to dive into with bowl season rapidly approaching. And we got some basketball news to talk about. Sparty's on the rise and Michigan nearing a state of emergency. So I hope you guys will join us for future pods coming your way soon. So just remember, it's been approximately 752 days since Ohio State has beat Michigan in a game of football. And uh, Ohio sucks. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) 